0: The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Well, I actually grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm -hmm. So you know where I live now compared to that is you know like night and day. But New Mexico is a lot like that. You know, you can kind of be out on your own, not interacting with as much people if if you choose. There's plenty of open space in New Mexico to go build a little
1: house. Yeah, I think it's a lot more sort of
0: to make a little mess.
1: A little more retirement age community, I think nowadays. Like at least the southern, warmer parts. I think uh, Arizona, New Mexico, Florida, of course.
0: Yeah, New Mexico is weird. It is. It's definitely cold there. It's definitely five seasons. Maybe the winter or four seasons. The winter probably isn't as long, but it's. I remember living there and be, having a lot of snow. So, mm-hmm. so mm. it's a different kind of snow. I know that sounds strange. A different kind of heat, and it's a different <laughs> kind of snow. <laughs> but it's weird it's like the moisture comes from i guess down in the gulf more and it's just a different kind of snow here it's very wet and heavy and yeah new mexico is very light and you could go out and do stuff in the snow i don't know maybe
1: plus i was maybe a
0: kid didn't care as much yeah yeah i'm not i wasn't as old yes as i am now and now i'm like i'm not going in the snow
1: yeah this <laughs> like oh that's when my joints start hurting that's uh yes exactly the back starts to ache. <laughs> Welcome to Season 7, Episode 3 of the Better Band Podcast. An all-encompassing trip through every song in the Pearl Jam Catalog. I'm your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, I go track by track with a guest through every album, soundtrack, single, and B-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon today talking about the song Love Boat Captain with my guest, Tom Arquino. Hello, Tom. Good morning, afternoon, evening. Um. Yes, and this is the first, this is our introduction to the world of boom that Eddie found in Hawaii and Brought in as the, uh, as most bands do as they get older, they just bring in a keyboardist just to, just because I guess that's what everybody, uh, everybody does at a certain point in their, uh, in their band's life.
0: Yeah. Would he be considered a keyboardist? I mean, I, I, I think I read something that, and I think it said something like Mike was, had mentioned a keyboardist, but I don't really find him as a keyboardist. I know it's keys, but it's a, it's a piano, right? It's, a, it's,
1: yeah, piano, organ. Right kind of that whole world family. If it's got the, it's easy. He, he tickles the ivories. How about that? Like How about that. we say that? I like, that.
0: <laughs> well, cause I mean, it's, it, it just doesn't feel like a keyboardist, right? He's not like the keyboardist for Mumford and sons. He is a, what is, mm-hmm. the, B, what is the B4? What What does he play?
1: Yeah. B3, B4. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. Take your B12. So
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take everything B, but it's, you know, it's a specific kind of uh, piano organ and, Minor detail.
1: But uh, before we get too far into that, since this is the first time that I've had you on, Tom, uh, I need to ask you, when did you first hear of Pearl Jam? Um, that's a great question. In the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talk
0: about this. Carlos and I have talked about this a lot. And, you know, it was such a different time back then. You know, we didn't have, obviously, all the things that we have today the the multiple options of picking up music or information and so i think my first maybe headbangers ball i don't it's kind of a fog a little bit because i was like 21 and i was living out in san diego and having a lot of fun i didn't realize that i would be listening to a band that would play a role at some point throughout the rest of my life Mm -hmm. you know i didn't really pay attention um i remember though you know nirvana had come out i remember you know the chronic had come out so it just was one of these kind of things that started to kind of rotate through the music i was listening to but i'm going to say the first thing i probably heard was maybe headbangers ball in the time when i don't know 89 90 something like that
1: mhm just early long time ago yeah, for some yeah. of us. No,
0: we, well, yeah. And I've been a fan, you know, I've been a fan since the very beginning. I mean, when I was, when this band came out, I was living in Lucadia, San Diego. I was, it was, you know, just outside of Encinitas where Eddie was living. I was, you know, going to the Bacchanal, we were hanging out down in San Diego. So when Pearl Jam showed up, I had several friends that had known Eddie had gone to school with him at then it was named, his name was Eddie Mueller. And so that was kind of, it was just one more facet to make the the story a little more interesting. Mm-hmm. Plus, they were awesome. They sounded fantastic. So, you know, just the fact that, you know, Eddie had lived in the same town that I was living in was was crazy, which made it even more exciting, I guess. But,
1: yeah, early 90s. And then um, getting into this period of the album, have you been listening to them the whole time?
0: Yes, every album. Waiting for them. The... They didn't
1: drop off for you? No. I know some people like around the no code period, kind of like, ah, you know, kind of drop off and maybe yield. They come back in. Were you like all hardcore is like, yeah, give me weird stuff. Give me give me rock. Give me kind of easier stuff. No. So, you know,
0: 10 came out, was, you know, hooked versus came out just blown away. Vitology. I'd moved to Delaware. I was living at the beach here on the East Coast. Vitology had come out, you know, uh, maybe. And we were talking about this the other day. Maybe a little bit of a head tilt, mm-hmm. you know, because there was, you know, a couple of bugs. I forget, you know, some odd songs in Vitology, and and it had a, a little bit of a different sound, um, a little bit more, a little slower, a little darker, which I personally loved. I loved that side of of the band. But then when No Code came out, that was probably the first real head tilt, like whoa. But that was actually the first opportunity I got to see the band live. Okay, and so I saw my Merryweather post that year. That was when they were doing their own tickets. I got to be, I joined the fan club. I actually had a five digit number. Carlos doesn't believe me, but I did have a five digit number. I've never fallen away from the band. I have fallen away from my Pearl Jam uh, membership. I lost that. Oh. I had to re it. But I've never fallen away from the band. So, uh, but yeah, No Code was great. I loved Yield. And then um, what was next? The the uh, binaural?
1: Binaural, yeah.
0: And then we went into to um, whatever album this we're, that we were talking about.
1: Right Act. right Act. Thank you.
0: So, no, I never fell away. But, yeah, I've never fallen away from the band. I forget the
1: question now. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> what was the question? Think... <laughs> uh, the questions I ask, I, I don't really think I have a point to them. I just... <laughs> It's like let's uh, let's let's do something to, that gets us talking and have a back and forth or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I just I, I it's all it's all in the editing, is what it is. Like Michelangelo making David, I guess. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well. So since you, since, you know, you do edit, I will say that, you know, my brother and I always, my biggest, the person that loved the band with me the most has always been my brother. Mm-hmm. And so whenever, you know, we came out to Delaware, we love Pearl Jam. So anytime anything was going on with the band, I'd always call my brother, you know, Pearl Jam's coming out with the new album. So we never, I never left the band, always a big fan. And, and we talk about this on the other podcast. I think what it is, is I'm just a real big fan of Eddie Vedder. Mm-hmm you know, I love Pearl Jam. I love the band. I love what they put out together as a band. But what I really love and most interested in, unfortunately, is Eddie Vedder. So, and it's not just a, it's a phase. I mean, the guy to me is fascinating and I just love everything that he does. So whenever he comes out with something, hopefully it's with the band Pearl Jam, but you know,
1: I love it. Is he into his the solo stuff too, the Into the Wild and ukulele songs, or just like kind of him as a person and kind of like what he does, not even necessarily specifically like, oh yeah, the ukulele is awesome, but it's just kind of like, no, just his, his whole thing, just him being a dude.
0: Yeah, no, I love him being a dude. I think that's great. But um, I do love, you know, I love Into the Wild. I thought that's a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I find interesting about the time that this band came out is that you just couldn't get this band. You got 10, and you got the liner notes and you know, I don't know about you, but I rifled through mm-hmm. them. I tried to figure out what's he saying to me. What's Eddie saying? You know, yeah, what yeah. Are, what do these words mean? They're handwritten. Are these handwritten? You know, I mean, this is really, you know, <laughs> it's like this whole mystery. And so it left a lot of space for me to try to translate what I felt, especially like a song like release or, or oceans. And, and so it was me and the band and then over time through technology, you know, I think this is right when Napster had kind of come out and you know, you could kind of boot download bootlegs and stuff. And so you're always trying to, and I don't know if you ever did that, but you might be able to find one and download it. And then you'd have to go to bed because it would take all night for the downloads. And then you'd get up in the morning and see, what did I get? What did Santa leave this morning, you know, for me this morning. And (laughs) so it was really the hunt, you know, it's the girl that plays hard to get or guy, whatever, you know, whoever's into, but Mm -hmm. you know, It was the the chase, right? Until, you know, they turn around and said, right, I'm yours and you can have me. And you're like, oh, okay." And that's kind of I started to feel like there was a lot of Pearl Jam and the downloads and the Eddie. And so it just became so much that, yeah, the the ukulele stuff, I I love it, but I don't own it, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm.
1: I don't have that in a playlist. I don't have that ukulele album Let's see, this song was the fourth and final single from Riot Act. Uh, I released it on February 18th, 2003. Um, it had the uh, B-side, Other Side on it, which uh, was on another uh, single as well, too. But, uh, you know, they kind of do that every once in a while with these later albums. Mm. Um, the first time they played it live was September 23rd at the House of Blues in 2002, the first show also that they played with Boom. Uh, Stone was not at that show. They played with a little cardboard cutout of him, and they kind of uh, oh, said really? that he was feeling one-dimensional or something. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of a weird uh, I fact. found out about that. Yeah. And the um, the guitar that Eddie wrote the song on, he uh, sold it at an auction uh, to benefit the West Memphis Three, uh, and it, it went for eight thousand dollars.
0: Well, there was a lot of you know, and and so doing this podcast, I like I said, I didn't do a ton of research. I did a quick you know little read through on some of the just you know some of the facts on the album. So this album also came out after this is the first album after the the nine eleven thing, which I didn't mm-hmm. even realize. Um, also, the the nine people killed in in the festival in was it Germany or
1: uh, yeah, Ross killed. Wherever that is. yeah.
0: So there was, there was several big, big things. I mean, at some point, I think, didn't they even talk about not even maybe even not even continuing as a band after that happened?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of if you're doing something that kind of, you know, is first and foremost a job, but it's bringing all these people joy and these people who are there because they like you and you're kind of like the reason that they have died. I mean, that's got to be a real that's got a real do do a real number on you because it's kind of like oh geez what what are we doing this for if, if people are getting hurt from it you know.
0: Well, we were talking about this that that Pop show I guess it was at '92 where he climbs out on that camera mm-hmm. arm and Jake you know and you 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 see him jump and then you see the crowd fall over. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that before? Where he, I think they're doing maybe doing poor. I don't know, I'm not sure what song they're doing but he jumps and you see the crowd just. <laughs> Just everybody fall, and he's like, "Whoa, gee, like, get me out of here, get me out of here!" And everyone just fell over. So he'd experienced some stuff like that before. I, I, especially that moment, especially caught on television. He knows, you know, how scary that is. So yes, I can imagine that has been would have been on his mind a bit. Mm-hmm. And I just watched something about that that show, and and then you know, saying and and it wasn't apparently the whole crowd. There was just some section, I guess, just kind of off to the left that was really for some reason having a lot of trouble, and you can. He's like, I'm gonna, you know, on the count of three, everybody step back, and you know, one, two, three, back, one, two. He was, you know, it was a lot of effort trying to get everybody back, but you know, obviously not, a, not fast enough.
1: Yeah, and it was, it was during Daughter too, which isn't, you know, a song that you would think that you know the crowd right. is going to be rowdy exactly. for or anything too.
0: It's just one of those, just a lot of people.
1: Yeah, this 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 song and uh, I am Mine pretty much refer- reference the tragedy in their lives. Like you said at the time, but it's this is post 9-11, this is past Ross Killed, and um, yet there's some sort of optimism, and this is kind of a sort of cheery song, like not letting the negativity weigh you down too much. At least that's kind of how I how I see it, the vibe that I get from it.
0: Well, I saw them in, at Madison Square Garden on this tour, and my memory for some reason leads me to remember that they opened the show with this song. I don't know if you can confirm that. I don't know if you've looked that up. I, I know they played. For some reason, I want to say they opened the show. But I remember that keyboard and just, you know, it's kind of like an updated Betterman, so to speak. I mean, it has that same sort of feel. Um, and I just remember very being very emotional as it happens to me a lot at a Pearl Jam show, when I when I see them, especially um, early on the early shows that I got to see Pearl Jam, I was always very emotional. Like, oh my God, just. remember we were like not even halfway back we were like one section back about midway up the right and it was just like the perfect balance between band and crowd and that keyboard or organ sorry and uh (laughs) and just i just remember man well just so emotional and i think it's just because the love of the band but it's a great song i mean i mean awesome it's An awesome song.
1: Yeah, it is a very sort of I don't know, about existential, but sort of a midlife rumination. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah, that's some uh, good sounding uh, <laughs> words of, of uh, like dizzy. examination of life. I just got dizzy. It's kind of yeah. <laughs> you get to you get to a certain point and you start looking back and you're like, oh man, I, this there's less ahead of me than there is behind. Yeah. And uh, and so I gotta.
0: I'm going through that now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Probably most of the people listening to yes, people talk about I'm Pearl true. JMR.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, that's the, other, that's the other funny thing about this band. And I don't know if you'll keep this in here, but, you know, they're still around. They're still mm-hmm. like, they're still with us. They're still active. It's like, it's hard to reflect on something that is just like current, you know, it's easy to reflect on like a Nirvana or an Alice in Chains or a Soundgarden or, but when they're still here, you know, it's like, it's hard to reflect
1: a little bit. Yeah, I think that uh, one of the things I like to bring up is uh, that um, the point Pearl Jam is at in their career, as they've released uh, Gigaton now, is where the Rolling Stones were at in their career when they released uh, Bridges to Babylon, I think. Wow. And so if you kind of think about it that way, it's kind of like, oh... I remember when Bridges to Babylon came out and rolling, and the Rolling Stones seemed like the oldest band in the world. Yeah. And they're kind of like still out right now. It's like, oh, my gosh. And Pearl Jam has had, you know, th- 30, 31 years now yeah. as a band. It's like, oh, my gosh, that, that is a long time. That's a long time.
0: And, I'm, you know, we're, I'm blessed that we, are, that we got to enjoy it, right? You know, mm-hmm. somebody was kind of living when, that, when the Rolling Stones came out and that early. And it's kind of lived through their whole career. And, you know, ours just happened to be Pearl Jam yeah there's no bands that i that i grew up with i don't think that are still going mm-hmm. other than you know pearl jam Besides that, i mean this whole album is great you know the mm-hmm. I, one of the my favorite finishing albums that what is it half full or uh, all or none yeah and then uh well what's the third to the last song um yeah then uh half full yeah half full what i mean just a great way to end the album those three songs are awesome just a great album Right. yeah, And then there was also, you know, the Bush time. This is when Bush, you know, Carlos feels that, um, you know, Eddie is very left and, you know, I get that, I guess, but I just don't think he liked Bush. Right. I just, I'm not sure that it was about being left or right. I just don't feel like he liked him and what he was doing in the war. And so I'm not exactly as sold as that Eddie's is as far left as Carlos thinks, but that could be a whole different podcast.
1: No, I think it kind of depends on, what you see as being really left you know I mean I think especially compared to like what the sort of 70s 80s conservative was as opposed to what it is now and the same with being liberal or democrat or whatever it's kind of always changing and stuff so now anytime anybody cares or kind of like oh hey we're going to give money to these charities or something it's kind of like oh you're some weird hippie be pinky it's like i'm just giving it charities i don't know see i don't see why that makes me super you know left or or something like that it's kind of just it's a weird sort of 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 time where everybody has to be put into these one of two buckets of either conservative or liberal where it's kind of like, okay, if you are religious that, oh, that means you're conservative. And if you care about homeless people, then you're, you know, liberal and it's kind of why can't there be any crossover between those two?
0: But you know, there was an interview during this. You know, I would say six months ago, kind of right before the election, Eddie was kind of doing. He seemed to be doing a lot of stuff, kind of right before the election, and he did this. I don't know if it was Cloudstream. Is that the company? But he did a, like oh, a sales. I think he did like, like four, the
1: like the was it sales? Yeah, like web. Yeah. Something or other, a web concert for this corporation or whatever.
0: Yeah, and he did like this little interview. I don't know if you saw it, but at during the interview he says that he had still given hope that Trump might say something in the in the um the debate that may still sway him. Like it sounded like he was still there was still a, he was still giving Trump a chance at some point before the election. And it's in the interview. I mean, I I saw I watched him say it, and I was like, "What?" You know, because of, you know, I always thought that he was absolutely left, you know, and but it sounded like in the interview, like he if, if Trump had said something that made sense or because, you know, I don't think even I think Trump was even a Democrat in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not even sure if he was a Republican in the beginning. And there were some ideas, you know, drain the swamp and all that stuff about cleaning up D.C. I think that there's still people that believe that. I do think that there's some cleaning that could happen. Um, But it sounded like Eddie was a little bit like he might have liked some of the ideas that Trump had early on. And maybe if he had revisited some of those
1: when given the opportunity. I mean, did you see the interview? Am I I insane? Did you see it? No, I didn't. I, I didn't see it. But I know a lot of... I I think it's kind of natural and hopeful, I think, of of people to try to think that, okay, you would hope that the people kind of in charge of things are going to be not evil maniacs. And he kind of was like, I hope you're not just doing this just to fill your own pockets with money and you're going right. to think of other people and try to help other people and you're not going to think the worst of, of somebody who is in charge of you because then it's kind of like, Oh geez, there's, Oh my gosh, this is, this is bad. Um, this, uh, song also has a reference, uh, lyrically to the Beatles song. All you need is love at the end. Uh, there love is all you need. All you need is yes. love.
0: All you need, all you need is love, love, love. I agree. (laughs) I agree with that fact. Uh... Well, you need food food and water and love. (laughs) Shelter? Shelter, yes. Shelter, food, water, and love. That's it.
1: And Pearl Jam. (laughs) One of the things that really hits me about this song and kind of... I don't know. I don't really think that I got it when this album came out just because of how old I was. I think at the time it wasn't until I got a little bit older. It's kind of like, Oh yeah, you know what? This is some real truth right here. Is um how old are you? I'm uh forty one. Okay. So I was in my early twenties when this uh came out. Early mid twenties ish. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess mid twenties. But um so you weren't even you probably weren't even available when the album like when ten came out. You I mean what were you, ten? Yeah, yeah. I was in middle school, so I I, I I heard it when it came out. That was. We're going to have to get you on the N2D podcast and pick your brain and find out what, what goes on, because
0: I don't want to make this podcast about you, but there's, I'd like to... 10 years old, I mean, were you a big fan at first? No, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, when I first heard it, I loved it, yeah. Okay, good. Nice. Now, did you have an older brother or something, an
1: influence? No, it was I, just all on your own. Yeah, I, w- I was the older brother. Okay. And uh, and and my brothers were listening to I think uh, MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice. <laughs> well, if you talk to Carlos, well, you have. He I think he was a,
0: he was part of a dance crew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had his, he had his uh, parachute pants and his
1: uh, dance crew pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Oh, that's fine. One of the things that kind of really hits me about this song is is the lyric. Uh... I don't know you're you're young and you think you know everything there is about the world and everything and you can't tell me what to do old man and like oh no I've I've been there I've done it I've learned from my mistakes and as some people they can only learn by making mistakes and not like it's like hey you know what I'm telling you not to do this because I know what it's like to do this and to go through this so maybe you should listen up but you know sometimes people. The kids today just don't want to hear it.
0: Well, you know, nothing changes a life like shame and guilt. Mm. And that is, that's how it has been for me. And I always say this, like if somebody could come up and say, listen, don't do that and don't do this and don't do that. And you'll make life will be a lot easier. You know, I still had to kind of go through it and experience it myself. So I agree with the beginning of what you said. You know, it's hard to give advice and it's hard to, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it also creates character. You know, if everything is done for you, we create characters. You just pray that it's not going to, you know, hopefully it'd be a bad learning experience, but you kind of, and you, I mean, with kids, I mean, we're kind of going through that now. Yeah. I have a 15 year old. 15 is where my life, you know, my, I, you know, I struggled in, as a teenager. You know, I started listening to Pearl Jam at 20 and then my life went off the rails. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <game>. just kidding. <laughs> no. Um. But you know, girls and you know, high school and it was just a big challenge. So I, I struggled and I I watched my son at 15 and he he's doing all the things opposite of what I did. He's like a normal kid. And I'm like, <laughs> what's going on? And I think it was just me, but I you know, I try not I don't tell him what to do. I just kind of let my kids experience life and just always know that I'm here if they need to talk, but mm-hmm. it's interesting that he said that. You know, it's funny. I don't. I you know. I loved. I. I mean, I'm a. I love Pearl Jam. There's probably only one song, believe it or not, that has really has had a meaning to me. You know, like in my life, and that was probably just release. Mm -hmm. You know, because I was adopted, and the father thing always. You know, I think is a challenge with for everybody. But every other song, you know, Love Boat Captain. Cause Carl said, you know, cause we were talking about this on the podcast. I said, I'm coming on. And he, he's like, what does that song mean to you? And I go, it doesn't really mean anything to me. It just <laughs> means that my band's still alive and still jamming. And that's what I love. And I love, you know, I love talking about this stuff, but you know, I, I love the growls, you know, I love the, the noises between the words. Yeah. yeah. And that's why, that's why I've always been a huge fan of Eddie Vedder is just the noises between the words and the, and the looks and the finger motions and the hand gestures and the, you know the yelling and the the growls. That's the non words for some reason played more of an have more of an influence or an effect on me than the words.
1: Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's it's another yeah. instrument that's in there. What does this song? What does this song mean to you, Brandon? Um, I think uh, I, I I I think it's already been said, and it can't be sung enough. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All you need is love right it's right there for you man <laughs> well i know we're trying to create content
0: and i get that but you know sometimes people like listen i love pearl jam i always have but when we started getting into the podcast game and, and really going through you know looking at all the pearl jam facts i've and you know like even a carlos who's seen the band 50 times i start going well maybe i don't love them as much as i think i do or because i don't know you know when Gigaton came out, I used to call it Gigatron. Mm-hmm. we call it, I had all sorts of names. And I don't you know, for some reason I couldn't tell you the playlist, the the songs in the order of on the new album. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what the first song is. But we've listened to it. I love the album. But for some reason, like I just it's not important, right? You know, and I just love the music and I and, and just grateful that they're around. And but like the songs for some reason haven't really even though the the last song, um, you know, hi hello, where'd you go? When he talks about that, and he, and and just like that, wondering where Chris Cornell went, that had some, that had like that had some meaning to me. That one was uh, you know, that one was tough.
1: Yeah, th- and it's everybody, you know, everybody's different. So some people you know, they don't really pay attention to the words. They'll miss all of the, you know, political innuendo and stuff like that. And they're just like, yeah, I just hear him singing. It's just rocking out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah." You know, it's like oh slower songs, whatever, you know, I just like to rock out and everything. And some people are like, oh, I want to know everything. They just get real nerdy and everything It's kind of like, oh, I want to know everything. I want to know all the lyrics. I want to know facts and figures and all this sort of stuff. And it's, it's... I was
0: definitely like that for 10, 10. Mm -hmm. I, I just, because, you know, there no internet you know and we yeah, talked yeah. about this you know my my internet was lose records we'd go down to lose and and flip through the cds and maybe we'd find some used weird european pearl jam cd like a daughter or alive i forget what it was a yellow one i forget mm-hmm. what the album was but you know that would be my my search engine oh didn't find anything or you know maybe a bootleg but it was that searching you know that's what created the love for the band now it's kind of gluttonous you know, there's just uh, so much. I mean, I, I don't have to, I don't spend one second not wanting. I mean, if I want some Pearl Jam, I can turn on, you know, a Better Band video or now Nugs TV or I can chat about it with Carlos or listen to your podcast. I mean, I can get Pearl Jam 24-7, really, with serious Radio now. I have tons of it mm-hmm. and you know. I still love them, but it doesn't make me search them out and appreciate them as much as I did in the early days. Even at this album, even at Riot Act. Riot Act was, you know, there wasn't a lot of internet back then. There was internet, but it, it wasn't like it is today.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh it's just like the, the early days of relationship. You're like, oh, I want to spend all my time with this person. And it's it's all new and it's all fresh and everything. And then as you spend your life together, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, still love them. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, I you know, like to get out of the house every once in a while and do my own thing. And, you know, <laughs> but I know I'm going to come back mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, we'll, we'll be gross every once in a while, not take showers or something. And, you know. <laughs> Just hang around the house.
0: Now, now we can text, and we are we do FaceTime. I mean, we really don't spend a lot of time without mm-hmm. each other, right? I mean, if it's where it's one of the challenges, I think as having a, as a father of kids is. I see this now with like my nine year old. He, you know, he. Le- they do go to school, luckily, but they get home and it's FaceTime with his friends and it's FaceTime through the evening with his friends. And it's like he, they just don't get that space between our school friends. You know, we used to go to school and then, I'll, you know, three o'clock, see you tomorrow and catch the bus and then off to be in our world. And then yeah, we'd yeah. show up the next day and we'd pick up where we left off. Now it's just constant. And it's kind of it's that with everything, right? Everything is constant. We have everything at our fingertips now.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm sure like some people I grew up were, you know, they're, they're friends with their neighbors or whatever, so it's kind of like, oh, hey, you know, come home, drop off your backpacks and stuff, and then just go outside and hang out with the neighbors and play in the yards, in the streets, you know, doing whatever you're going to do until, uh, you know, it's dinner time or whatever, and then go to sleep and do it all over again. Um, yeah, I think we can wrap it up. So it's, it's, it's Pearl Jam 30 year and I'm wrapping every, I'm wrapping up all these interviews with people by asking them, like Eddie has asked at the end of single video theory, Tom, what does Pearl Jam mean to you?
0: What does Pearl Jam mean to me? In general, um, just means like joy for me. Just, you know, just a real, a safe place for me. Just knowing um, and the, and what they've meant to me, and what they mean to me, has evolved over the years. But looking back over thirty years, it's just been a real solid chunk of joy, you know, just to be able to go and have that music. Always, you know, like I said, luckily the band's still here, still playing. It just gives me some, you know, some peace. I think the easier way to answer it is, how will I feel when the band is no longer here? And I think just there'll be an empty spot. Luckily, we have a lot of history of their music, but not knowing if they're if they're gonna or what would come out. The music of the future i it's a tough question i guess just joy just really a lot of grateful gratitude that the band's been around and and that's a st- stupid
1: question <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it's it's uh i don't know sometimes you know sometimes life gets hard and it's it's you know you need a little joy you need to get it while you can sometimes it's
0: well and i told you i've I've either hummed, thought, sang, watched, or listened to this band in some sort of manner every day since the first day I heard them. Mm-hmm. Till today. And, you know, that's awesome. I can't say that about any other band.
1: Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Tom. Uh, I'm going to give you time now so you, can, uh, so you can plug your podcast so people can hear you talk about Pearl Jam more.
0: Sure. So Carlos Casas and I, Tom Arquino, do a uh, Pearl Jam fan-based podcast called In Too Deep. And it's just, you know, two simple-minded fans with the passion of Pearl Jam talking about everything from Carlos being awesome to me being not awesome. (laughs) And just having a lot of fun. It's a great topic. Love the band and, um, you know, love guys like you that are also doing it as well. You're an inspiration, Brandon.
1: Thank you. Oh hey, anytime I can uh, be the P- P- Peter Cetera. Was he the guy that sang that song? You're yeah, my inspiration. Yes, was that- <laughs> <The> Chicago. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> don't ask me how I knew that.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, we'll pretend. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's not that's not in your demographic, right? That was uh, that's the you know that that music is you know old people stuff, right? Yeah, know. that's me. I'm 51,
0: <laughs> so I actually grew up in Chicago. It's unfortunate, but yeah i'm 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 past the halfway some good stuff no they they're a great band very good band yeah yeah well and you know it's funny because we do a um a a discover a new music discovery podcast with a bunch of with some other people and part of my job in that podcast is bringing new music to the podcast and it's tough because i always say that i stopped taking resumes really after pearl jam Mm -hmm. for new for new bands so to speak in my life maybe a dave matthews or you know avid avid brothers or some other bands simple ones but to like really try to find new pop music that i'm interested in is 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 a challenge so um i'm actually going back more towards folk and bluegrass mm-hmm. because i just i don't find no offense but today's pop music is is a struggle for me
1: it's and it's you know it's uh it's not for us it's for you know the kids it's for it's for the spotify generation it's for the the tick and the all that um, do you want to plug that your, your new music podcast too? I'm um, sure it's called the new, yeah, the new, the
0: new music discovery podcast with JG and the deaf pretty boys. And it's just <laughs> four people getting together and, you know, different ages, just trying to bring new music. And we create playlists and p- post them on Spotify. You can follow the playlist, uh, JG and the deaf pretty boys on Spotify. I think it's on there. Um, yeah. Or check out all of our podcasts, social podcast, network.com.
1: Yeah some good stuff and uh so thanks thanks for coming on tom and yeah. and, and chatting pearl jam with me it's always good to, to pleasure, dork out with new people talking about some of our favorite bands yeah hope i didn't screw up your routine oh i, a, I don't have a routine <laughs> okay good because i'm like i feel like I was all over the place oh no i I i i sometimes get all over the place too so like i said it's all it's all in the editing you it's don't you don't see what uh you don't yeah. see this, this, the snouts and the uh, and the anuses or whatever that uh, and, the, and the the, the sawdust pe- that uh, yeah the gets shoved in there. The yeah,
0: yeah, you don't want to see how the sausage is made. Good.
1: The Better Band Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit CreativeCommons.org or email ListenUpReno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to The Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from BetterBandPod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BetterVanPod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com brandonp And leave me a $3 tip. Or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to bettervanpod at gmail.com. Or send any insights and stories you'd like to share. And I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Tom, and as always, this is Brandon, saying... You could close down Moe's or the Quickie Mart, and nobody would care But the heart and soul of Springfield's in our maze on Listen
0: up!